welcome or welcome back to It's Trinity's podcast. I'm Trinity. And I'm Alicia. And this month we are continuing to celebrate women in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And today we are interviewing and celebrating Jinya Huang, the founder of Break Bread, Break Borders. Welcome to the show, Ms. Huang. We are honored, really honored that you're joining us today. Today happens to be the last show of the season before we celebrate um we're going to celebrate trinity's birthday on our last show of the season but today you're our last guest of the season and we're really honored to have you here today thank you thank you so much trinity and alicia for having me and holding space for for us to talk about break 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 borders and so hi everyone my name is jinya jinya huang <laughs> welcome to the show all right, Trinity, go ahead and start the first question. Okay. Can you help myself? Go ahead. Okay. Can you help myself and my listeners understand what a refugee is? Absolutely. So um, by definition, um, you know, um, in the dictionary, um, is refugee is a person who has been forced to leave their country in order to escape war, persecution, or natural disaster. But, um, you know, and, and a, a refugee um, really, uh, by my definition, isn't just someone who's coming from a, a different country. It could be someone that is coming from a different state within our own country. And, um, you know, I think about um, natural disasters and um, and different types of whether it's um religious or, or political or, or um, uh, sexual orientation, persecution, um, you know, wars in our own countries about, you know, racial equity, gender pay gap, and all those different kinds of com- conversations that are that, you know, people who are facing those kind of uh, abuse and having to leave even their own home or their own state, you know, um, to, to us, that's a refugee, you know, so even like some of my friends, to leave, uh, you know, uh, um, Louisiana and different states, you know, because of Hurricane Katrina, they were refugees from that natural disaster and then having to, you know, having uh, been forced to leave their homes to come to, you know, to Texas or to other states to take refuge. That's a refugee too. Okay. Wow. I didn't even think about that, about Louisiana folks coming over. That That's a really great um definition. Thank you for helping us understand that. So you created Break Bread, Break Borders in honor of your mother. Can you tell us more about her passion and how she inspired you to create something so thoughtful? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I created Break Bread, Break Borders back in 2017 um, to honor my mother's legacy because um, my ancestors, um, as I was telling you before, that I grew up in Taipei, Taiwan. And so my ancestors were from the province of Hokkien, and um, they actually um, had to escape um, from mainland China from communism. And so they took, um, they went across the, the, the strait, um, or across to go to a little island called Taiwan. And, um, and you know, taking refuge there um, was one thing, right? And um, there was also another that, you know, my father actually grew up um, during 
the war and um, during Japan's occupation uh, uh, colonizing the island of Taiwan, he was forced to um, to speak Japanese and not be able to speak Mandarin, you know, in his own country. And so there was a lot of this idea of, um, you know, lack of access to um to our own safe place and to also, um, you know, my mom definitely grew up in, uh, in an environment where, um, actually with a lot of cultures that didn't celebrate girls and, um, thinking that, you know, there's an old Chinese saying that, um, uh, that is basically relates to, uh, Girls are like buckets of water that basically get poured out. You really can't invest in them. And, um, you know, they're really groomed to just to get married. And that's pretty much it. And um, it's really tough growing up with that environment. And so my mom barely got to finish um, elementary school. And so, um, you know, having six girls, you know, they my parents kept trying for a boy and it didn't happen. And so I- girls yeah after six girls later they really struggled to think like well how are we going to pay for you know their education how are we going to you know help them get to a successful place um you know and especially when my dad lost his job um when I turned 13 um my um aunt and uncle called from America, they called from Tulsa, Oklahoma and said, you know, we're starting a Chinese uh, fast food restaurant and um, we would love for you to come and help. And, um, you know, as my parents struggled with um, with um, their finances, they, they, they said yes. You know, my two oldest sisters actually ended up, um, you know, staying in Taiwan because they, one was already in, uh, married and the other one was already engaged. And so the four younger ones came with my parents. And, um, you know, about 16 franchises later, my parents saw that it was a really uh, successful one that, that, you know, here in Dallas, Texas, one of the franchises that, you know, they saved up really long time to actually purchase one of these franchises and um you know my mom became uh the um the chef in the kitchen and she was really mindful about um hiring uh immigrants and refugees to come and work in our kitchen and um she trained them with job skills um, and sent them on to bigger and better opportunities and so you know before People even knew about the global migrant crisis, you know, whether it's to climate change or to, you know, civil unrest, to, you know, wars and famines breaking out all around the world, displacing people and having, you know, um, people having to take um, cover from war-torn countries. Like my mom knew um, in her heart of hearts that, you know, giving people job skills and giving people the opportunities to, um, to upward mobility that was a part of this, you know, um, creative solution. And so, um, I was really just too young and stupid to realize that (laughs) for the longest time, you know, but, um, I watched her transform lives every day. And, you know, and, and growing up, you know, she would um, take us to, um, to different places to volunteer. And um, I was um, raised Buddhist and a couple of my sisters actually have converted to Christianity. But regardless, um, you know, we, 
um, we'd go uh, um, places, you know, like nursing homes and, you know, uh, play the piano and sing songs, you know, for senior citizens. Or um, before my mom became a chef, she was actually a seamstress. And, um, you know, she us how to sew blankets for people who didn't have housing. And, um, you know, and because she was such a, an, an amazing chef, um, you know, she would cook for um, like our church galas and, you know, um, temple fundraisers, you know, to benefit nonprofits and, you know, people who really needed the help regardless of their socioeconomic um, or racial backgrounds. And, um, and she really was teaching us, you know, while we were very young to become philanthropists. You know, it wasn't about how much money you had. It was how much time you had. And that was so much more valuable because time is everything, right? You know, mm-hmm. she was just incredibly passionate about um, being able to, you know, help our communities, you know, and as her being a community leader, she used to tell us, you know, if you could just do these three, these three things, right, that you'd be in a good spot, you know, she talked about number one, um, doing the right thing. And um, number two, being a good neighbor. And, um, and number three was practice kindness and compassion every day, you know, and they sound super simple, but they're really, really difficult to achieve. <laughs> they really are, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that that's that's uh, you know that was the thing. And just growing up with all that, um, I really learned um, the value of you know what it's like to make a difference um, in our communities and beyond. And so, um, when I lost her to cancer um, uh, back in 2015. I really struggled, you know, and I really wanted to turn my grief into action. And being a social practice artist, um, when our communities, you know, asked for fire, I didn't bring it water. And so, you know, our communities were really hurting at the time. And, um, you know, a lot of um, conversations about race um, needed to be had. And it was something that my mom you know, have been, um, you know, touting for a long time. And so I wanted to marry, you know, for food and my passion for the arts. And, um, and that's how we created Break, Break, Break Borders. It's actually, it actually started out as an art project. And um, the art project was basically people coming um, together to sit down together to eat in a community dinner and have really courageous conversations about race, gender, and all this, you know, injustices in, in between. And, um, you know, the women that, um, that we trained uh, to cook, you know, would basically... Um, uh, share not only the food that they cook, but um, also the history and heritage and plus the culture that comes with the food. They talked about, you know, what it was like, um, you know, um, escaping war-torn countries and what it's like to, you know, live in refugee camps abroad and raising kids in tents and, you know, really tough, inhumane com- uh, conditions. And then, you know, feeling like they hit the lottery coming to America. And then, what it's like to cook with break, break, break borders. And so, um, you know, I don't speak Arabic, Farsi, or, um, you know, or any of, th- of these other languages, but I do speak the language of food. And that usually translates to love, you know, and I still remember like meeting all these women 
from uh, the International Rescue Committee and um, different refugee resettlement agencies. And I had a slide deck just like what I showed you and shared with you. And nobody understood what I was talking about <laughs> in English for the longest mm -hmm. time. The moment I flashed the picture of my mom, everybody understood. Everybody understood what I was trying wow. to do. Mm -hmm. So that transitions us into the next question. Um, why don't you go ahead and start with that one, Trey? This is mm -hmm. um, So Break Bread, Break Borders helps refugee women provide for themselves and their families as they cook for hundreds of people. My mom helped me understand it like this. You have created a blessing for them so they can, in turn, provide a blessing for other people women that may not have been able to survive otherwise. Does your heart just explode with joy sometimes when you see them thriving? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. My heart explodes with joy just listening to you owning this podcast. <laughs> and you Me know, too. <laughs> for sure, like wanting to share stories, you know, um, of uh, amazing um women and girls, um, you know, in our communities and beyond, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's, um, we knew from studies and this is, you know, from, um, various foundations and, and even with, um, United Nations studies that, that when you invest in women and girls that they intake in turn take at least 90% of their income and they reinvest it back into their families and the communities. Whereas men, um, that percentage is uh, only around um, perhaps like 35 to 40%. And so that's a huge difference. The statistics, the statistics are that women and girls lift their communities. They lift their neighbors. And when they lift their neighbors, they, they, you know, they're lifting themselves, you know, and, and, and that's the thing. Uh, it, it's really, um, just like you said, is when you, when you share blessings as a form of compassion, it's, um, it's like a, a ripple effect, you know, when you drop a water, a, a drop of water in, 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 you know, in, in this vast, um, doesn't matter the body of water, a bucket, a lake, an ocean, you know, it has, it's a, 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 a ripple effect and it really radiates like throughout and what we did was you know we did what was right <laughs> what was good for our neighbors and we did you know we've been doing what you know we feel like is practicing kindness and compassion every day right and so um yeah yeah continuing um my mom's work you know um really really help us um amplify women and girls voices um um in our communities and we're we have been so blessed you know to be able to do this type of work because our community partners you know stepped in to help too we we could have never done this on our own and it's through storytelling like this you know um the women we um we partner with to cook and share the food and storytelling it's through this kind of word of mouth, really, you know, um, us learning about you through our, our friend and our sister, Mylin, and 
as you know, hearing about, um, you know, uh, youth led projects that really amplify voices, you know, throughout our communities, all these things help. And so that's the thing is about creating these, you know, um, these kind of social impact and creating a kind of ripple effect and that, you know, good begets good. It really does. And, you know, so can you help me understand the process? So in order to actually, let me just rephrase that. So um, we if we wanted to have this experience with the women or a.k.a. chefs that are that are, um, you know, these global cuisine creators. How would we go about doing that? And and is it they're making the food and then they're also telling you a story? I, I just I want to understand what is the process? Yeah, sure. So um so on our website, brickbrickbreakborders.com, you can actually, you know, find a sample menu and you can actually cater with us. And so the minimum order currently is like $300. And then depending on where you live, you know, you pay for delivery and, you know, the ladies come with, you know, masks and, and gloves and everything, you know, to keep everybody safe and healthy. Okay. Definitely being very cognizant of, you know, um, our current, uh, pandemic, of course. And, um, and the process is, um, you know, we really from the beginning to end, you're you're figuring out like how you want to, um, you know, cater and uh, and figuring out just like, are you more like, uh, are you putting together something for your family? Are you doing something for your office mates? And you know, and um, you know, are you trying to do something that is going to be more like a crowd pleaser, or um, or maybe you're a little more of a adventurous eater that you know you want to try different you know, unusual stuff. And so the current cohort we have are um, uh, um, refugee women from Syria, and a couple of them actually have um, their ancestries that trace back to Chechnya. And, um, and so, you know, it's a really interesting blend of um, different types of food um, that is um, like really healthy Mediterranean food that has... Mm. Uh, uh, <laughs> very Middle Eastern flair. And so, you know, and so you can definitely cater with us or we just um, uh, during uh, COVID, we actually pivoted parts of the business to consumer packaged goods. And so we um, targeted um, some of the items that are super um, popular on the menu, like hummus, baba ganoush, which are like dips that you can either eat with pita bread or chips or, you know, um, really mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, really fun dips, right? Savory. And, yes. and I call, you know, um, hummus is like, you know, everybody knows, but um, baba ganoush, I kind of call it like, you know, like Middle Eastern uh, uh, salsa, you know, and, um, and, it, and then, you know, that's on the healthy end. And then, you know, um, on the sugary sweet tooth end, we definitely have some really amazing cookies that have been super popular. There's a shortbread that is like stuffed with caramel, literally takes seven hours to make. Like just so much love is packed into the cookies and, you know, they're shaped like little um, walnuts. And so um, in Arabic, it, it it is the word barish. And so um, we literally just call them barish cookies. And, um, you know, like there's little, 
little things like that. There's things like, you know, mamul date cookies that, um, you know, date all the way back to like um, the Christians eat it for Easter. The, uh, you know, Muslims eat it um, during Ramadan and the Jewish um, eat it actually during high holy days. Very international. And, you know, and the date inside is like, you know, like just super delicious. And one time we baked it with a bunch of um, kids and they were like, we thought it was chocolate, but it was way better. <laughs> oh my gosh. All of that sounds amazing. And, and so like, you know, during that, um, that event, like we actually, you know, had everyone um, come and, you know, uh, learn how to make the cookies. And while the cookies were baking, we sat and did storytelling. And um, not only did they hear about the ladies, um, you know, cooking and the cookies history, just like I shared with you, we also actually, you know, um, shared a book about a refugee's journey. And it was illustrated by a Syrian artist that, you know, actually took stones and, and made it into um, shapes of people and about how they crossed um, into safe places and, you know, and, and actually, you know, surviving war. And so, you know, it's the, the storytelling is always very multicultural. It's always very multi-generational, you know, and the food, um, you know, we, um, we explain, you know, a lot of the different like history and backgrounds, like there's this one dish that is, um, really interesting it's called kube and um it's actually basically like a croquette and you know you can stuff it with um with meat like beef and lamb you know that's minced or um you know chicken and vegetarians you know if you if you just want veggies that you, you know you can mm -hmm. do that and um different villages actually throughout you know uh the middle east actually always have a kube, but they're shaped differently, you know, and so from some of the uh, ladies that, you know, that make these, um, they make it into like a little football shape, you know, and it's just packed up with a lot of like goodness in it. And, you know, we have ladies that literally can like make kube, like, like, just like talking to you and their hands are shaping the kube, <laughs> you oh, know. Oh my goodness. Look so that's me. an experience in itself, just watching them yeah. make these traditional foods that are just kind of like baking cookies for, you know, the, the typical, you know, uh, American woman um, that just being able to talk and, and, and share time and, and stories during baking. And I love how food brings people together anyways. Um, and the, there's so many amazing stories that come, not even from the food, but just the feelings or the memories that arise when you're cooking. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes they bring back childhood memories or just whatever memories come up or, or just stories in general about the flavors that, you know, can, can spark a memory. And, <laughs> and so I can only imagine all the things that you've heard so far oh yeah for sure and like you know um we definitely have just heard amazing stories and and like you said you know food is such a great universal language and an equalizer you know mm -hmm. anybody who has any kind of differences you know regardless can always sit down at a table and being able to break bread and and together and eat together and you know and really like unpack a lot of you know maybe issues and problems they have with each other 
But because they're sitting down together, eating together, a lot of times they can break a lot of the the borders that they may have, you know, between them at the same time, you know. And that was the notion of break bread, break border is being able to use this common denominator and this, you know, great equalizer and um and this this way of like, you know, connecting people together through those powerful food memories, right? And um, you were saying, you know, um, like. Things that we remember and things that are just passed down generations, you know, these recipes definitely are that. And you know, and when people bite into these things, you know, they definitely evoke that. And I still remember, you know, when we were cooking for um, the Bush Institute, and um, you know, there were a lot of the scholars that you know came from different parts of the world, and you know, they didn't know where to find halal food. And, you know, and we definitely cater to that, you know, mm-hmm. and then there were also people, you know, from around the States that, you know, didn't know what Afghan food, food or, you know, food from the Congo or, you know, food from Syria was going to taste like they were like really scared. <laughs> <You know? laughs> But then they were like, okay, uh, looking at this rice dish, and they were like, well, that looks familiar. I mean, that's rice, right? I I see that everywhere in the world. Like, that can't be bad. And so they took one bite into it, and how interesting it was that they were like, oh, my goodness. It took me all the way back to my grandmother's dirty rice recipe. Oh, my goodness. Good. And they were like, they couldn't get enough. And we were like, okay, you've had like three helpings. <laughs> like some other, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like those things that we really want to celebrate, you know? And, um, but, you know, when we share these stories, it's like, yes, there's a lot of, you know, really great people that it's almost like we're preaching to the choir, but, you know, we've definitely had like tough conversations on top of these like feel good conversations and, and, you know, the, the tough conversations definitely involve, you know, people stepping up and saying, you know, out of all places in the world, you know, they'll ask the ladies after they share these personal stories. And, and like, you know, why did you decide to come to the United States and to take good Americans jobs? And like, you know, really being tough on this idea of, well, this is our country. And this is, you know, mm-hmm. our, we're trying to like, protect what's good for our people and you know after hearing the stories and then you know and um eating the food that's packed with so much compassion their you know their stances often soften you know and they think about well you know that could be my auntie you know these ladies you know could be one of their sisters and somebody from their family and you know and they'll they'll go back and think Oh, back in the days of, of this and that, you know, their personal uh, family, um, even generational traumas and that we don't love bring those up, but that, you know, that's what a lot of people shared with us is like, oh, then we remember that hardship comes from all over and it is everywhere. And, you know, and the women that we work with, you know, didn't, choose to leave their countries they were displaced by war and famine oh and oftentimes you know through abuse and so it's really you know we talk about people being homeless but we don't talk about people being countryless you know and so Mm -hmm. 
people are. They're they're without their countries, and you know, for the United States to be the compassionate neighbor, global citizen, to decide to take people in, and to you know to give them these opportunities. That's why we're called land of the free, <laughs> and, and you know. Yeah. These incredible dreams, right? And and that's the thing. It's you know, for me, even you know, my parents get to you know, finish um, you know, elementary school. My dad went to a technical institute. You know, didn't even get to go to college. And you know, for them to have kids that were able to access you know education after K through twelve and you know and you know get to do these type of things that in having a choice to doing something like that wasn't always accessible you know before and so it was really um, interesting you know for people to realize oh this is why you know this is why we are the beacon you know for liberty. And justice for all, and this is what it means to be an American, and um, and it's interesting how they arrive at that, um, you know, by having these conversations and by eating, you know, food that is, you know, shared by a common cause is, you know, to to be equitable, <laughs> to to yeah. you know, um, um, like share love for everyone. And, and I think that's, that's, what's been interesting is, you know, unpacking what global cuisines um, really mean um, for each and every one of us. Well, you've changed my perspective just in this conversation, you know, cause I'm, I'm thinking of it from the food perspective. And of course the fact that they're, they're now able to provide for their families, you know, those, those were the things that I was thinking of first, but, you know, when you think about, all that goes into that and then you hit me hard with the countryless mm-hmm. um that that really um that that broke my heart and you know what would i do if i wouldn't be able to return to the united states like that's that's a nightmare so i can only imagine what that is for for these women and you know their experiences you know the things that traumatic experiences that they've that they've endured and to have to start over and and figure these things out um you know i i don't know but you know that's why we have to celebrate women and because we we do we bounce back you know we figure out a way and um and it's because of women like you that you know give helping hands and and you know you're the light at the end of the tunnel that (laughs) you know that we're looking for when when we're in distress and um that's who we all need to be um is the light at the end of the tunnel for people in distress and so um I'm, i'm hoping that that this podcast can give you know shed a little light you know if you will on on all the beautiful things that that women are doing within the community um and because we have to help each other we have to uplift each other and we have to mold the little women coming up um so that they can they can follow in in great footsteps like your own and like your mother's thank you thank you so much for saying that and i i definitely feel the urgency you know to do this for women of color 
and you know people of color have always um suffered and you know and that trauma you know is revealed every single day but the the thing is you're right women and women of color are resilient and women period are amazingly um hopeful and um you know, we've been very fortunate that, you know, people of all different race and backgrounds, you know, come have come together to to help us with this, you know, with this mission. And, you know, developing this culinary training program has been incredibly difficult. We have fallen flat on our faces so many times, you know, mm-hmm. but asking the community to help and, you know, and, and you know, being able to see um, light at the end of the tunnel is because of, you know, other women, other community members, you know, stepping up and showing up and being able to help, you know, and, and that's the other thing is, you know, the, the, the cooks that we, the BBBB community cooks that we work with, you know, even though they've gone through so much trauma and are, most are suffering from PTSDs, you know, and like, you know, going through the mental health, um, you know, training and, 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 you know, counseling and all kinds of help, you know, like, cooking has become a part of the therapy, you know, and, um, and really, like helping them understand it's, there's always hope, you know, um, um, through the darkness that that there's always light and, um, and how to work through. And um, it has been incredibly challenging, you know, through COVID through the pandemic, and, you know, trying to pivot and trying to figure out, you know, how do we still, you know, um, drop off food and deliver and, you know, and keep everybody safe and healthy and do the storytelling on virtual platforms, you know, through Zoom and through, um, uh, you know, any kind of, you know, uh, um, digital uh, um, platforms to do, you know, these storytelling um, opportunities and, and still be able to talk to, you know, students of all different ages, um, you know, what it means to um, to cook and what it means to share food and what it means to really understand, you know, people from different cultural and, and ethnicity backgrounds. And, you know, unpacking all those things, you know, um, have been challenging, but like I said, super rewarding at the same time. And, um, and it really, it really does take a village. And, and, you know, I'd like to think that, you know, these opportunities is not only to pave way, you know, for us, um, um, you know, powerful little women, um, like, like Trinity, but, um, but also, um, to raise, um, a, a, feminist son like I'm doing with Lang <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, um, you know uh, that that respect goes both ways right and um, yeah. that that work is 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 tough but you know and there's still a lot of work to be done um, we see what we've been doing you know um, getting some traction but um, but there's still a lot of work to do and a lot of the work that we do now we may never see germinate in our lifetime but like you you said at least cultivating the next generation hiring them to do the, the the necessary work you know to to um to really like generate that next wave um that that is mm-hmm. uh, we we lift as we climb yes that's definitely important yeah Wow. All right, Trinity. Our random question. 
before we do that, I just want to say I never really thought about it um, as countryless because I like to help homeless people, but I never really thought of people that were countryless. Yeah, that's a different perspective, right? Yeah. It's sad, too. Yeah, but, you know, but that's the thing. It's, you know, um, we can house the people who went without housing, right? You know, if they lose a home, we, we can give them a home. They can build another home. And countries are a little different, but it's not entirely impossible. And um, I definitely feel, you know, um, very much um, Asian American now. And um, I, as I grew up in, in East Asia, I identified as Taiwanese for a long time. And it was actually kind of tough at first because um, when the people from China went to Taiwan, um, they displaced a lot of the indigenous people that you know, lived on the island and they were driven into the mountains. And, you know, there were a lot of um, Native people, much like our Native Americans and Indians that, you know, in, who are indigenous to this land. Like, I often think, like, we live on stolen land, right? And, um, you know, I relate to a lot of that, you know, growing up in Taiwan. And I still remember, like, my mother did a lot of this work, you know, um, you know, the government was really trying to like, you know, um, uh, help and do a lot of reparations, but it's still not enough because at the time when they were driven away from their own land and into the mountains, they actually stopped them from like speaking their own tribal languages. And they took away a lot of the tribal cultures that was like practiced and they, you know, made it sound like superstition and, um, things that they need not practice anymore. And it reminds me a lot of what was happening here in America. And so, you know, we, we really looked at that and think, okay, you know, okay, <laughs> I am Taiwanese, I am Chinese, I am Asian. And, you know, like I really identified as that for a long time. I couldn't like really, really envelop like the whole identity of it because some parts of it was challenging you know, our, our history, you know, sometimes have a troubled past. Well, often <laughs> have a troubled yeah. past. So coming here to America, you know, building this new home and, you know, having blood sisters that I grew up with and then building, you know, meeting new chosen sisters like you, Trinity, and like you, Alicia, you know, has been a whole new process, you know, and, and really embracing that and feeling like, well, what, what does it mean to be American, you know, and, um, and I think those are the, the kind of things that, you know, we've been really like, um, trying to think about, you know, um, growing up, you know, with the different skin color, how we got treated, and, you know, the, the racism and the sexism that, you know, that we sit at, you know, has been challenging and trying to dismantle that, you know, with with people of all different backgrounds and, and figuring out, you know, what does interracial solidarity look like now, you know, and, and I think that's the part that, you know, we're really focused on now is trying to, you know, helping people understand, you know, what does it mean to build a country together, a country that we want to live in? And um, that, 
you know, when someone loses a country because of war, famine, climate change, and, um, you know, how do we build, you know, if, if that country is broken and, you know, it, it's no longer safe to go back to, then, you know, we have this opportunity to build a country where we all feel like we want to live in and that we all can be equal and where everyone can have freedom. What, mm. like, you know, and so um, they don't have to be countryless and, 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 you know, we can all be Americans. I think I'm very proud of that fact, you know, and, and so, yeah, I, I really would like us to, you know, um, to be on that, that, that journey together. I think um, it would be really beautiful to see that happen. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, okay. So for our random question, um, what advice would you give me for my future? And I just wanted to say I am already inspired by you. Oh, thank you. I'm super inspired by you just taking this initiative and, and um, doing something with your loved ones and um, making our communities better. Um, what advice would I give you for your future? I think... Um, Trinity, I would love for you to think about what your superpowers are. And um, I think it's something that people are already telling you that you're really, really good at. And um, I have already observed that you have very deep thinking. And I really like um, how you take um, something very complex and you make it very simple for people to understand. And so um, think about this superpower and whatever other superpowers that you may discover along the way. And I would love for you to use your superpowers for good. That's what advice I would give you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't do it for evil. Don't do it for chaotic evil, but do it for good. Do it for the I already know what my superpower is. What is your superpower, babe? Yeah. Um, my friends always come to me for advice. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's my superpower. Like whenever my friends would fight at school, um, and I was not involved, my friends would come over to me and they would ask me what to do. And I'm like ignore them or something mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. sometimes they would get mad at me because I wouldn't take their side but that's not the point um, no. you just <laughs> wanted to make peace right yeah I get it so you're a peacemaker yes oh that's I, a good one I really really I love that Trinity I have to share with you my name in Chinese as I've um, shared with you, my last name means uh, Huang actually means yellow, and Jinya, Jin, is actually comprised of the um, the words the pictogram that looks like um, to stand tall and proud, but Jin the word itself is actually means pacifist, and that's a peacemaker, and then Ya actually means sophisticated. So perhaps Ooh. my 
peacemaking is a more kind, maybe more a, a kinder, gentler peacemaker. And so this was destiny that we meet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Thank I you. love that. You're a wonderful pacifist peacemaker and incredibly mature soul. And I already celebrate your superpowers. I am so glad you're using it for good and um, and you're helping people near and dear to you. And um, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens next. Thank you. It's a stay tuned moment because I can't wait to see either. Jinya, <laughs> um, tell, tell me, is there anything else you'd like to share to our listeners? Um, how can our listeners find more information about Break Bread, Break Borders, and where can they make their orders and or, do, do, uh, sorry, and or donations? Sure, sure. Um, so um, uh, breakbreakborders.com is definitely where um, all that lives, our catering uh, requests, you know, with the, the emails and um, numbers and, you know, the sample menus, um, they can definitely do all that. Donations we have set up, um, we are actually a social enterprise. We're actually an LLC. We do a lot of the hybrid work for profit and nonprofit and uh, but it is actually set up as a social en- enterprise and so people can donate um, to educate the women through uh, um, through our square app and that will actually go directly to invest in the women who are studying for their food handlers permit or food managers license and that way they can either you know find a, a job food service industry or um, become chefs of their own that they don't have to wait for, you know, a a certified chef to cook with them. They actually can cook in the commercial kitchens by themselves. And so those donations go directly to help, you know, with with that education. And um, we not only do catering now, we also do um, uh, actually consumer packaged goods, as I was sharing with you. And so over at Farmer's Market, there's a lovely um, store called Market Provisions. Um, people can actually go there to buy the hummus and bu- bubble ganache right now. We'd love for people to ask for other foods. And so we can start, you know, carrying other, um, other goods there. And so that is, you know, definitely uh, very accessible and you can support us there. And then, you know, we're on all types of social media, um, you know, you name it, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. <laughs> we are pretty much everywhere. But um, honestly, so much of this is, um, like I said, through word of mouth, we don't do a huge amount of advertising. It's really just people talking to people and saying, you know, hey, I know this, you know, this food company that is doing, you know, um, a lot of incredible social impact, you should really hire them. um, Because, you know, we all got to eat, right? And you might as well good. And so order food that do good. So yeah. I love it. And that all of that food, son, it's so good. My Trinity started laughing at me because my stomach started growling. <laughs> so <laughs> I, um, uh, all of it just sounded wonderful. Cater something. Anyways. Yes, Trinity. May I ask what Baba Ganoush is? Baba Ganoush is actually a type of dip and it, the texture is like, salsa have you had salsa before like mexican or hispanic Um, yeah yeah, we basically live and breathe on salsa (laughs) 
So this is like a Middle Eastern or a, a Mediterranean salsa. It's actually the 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 version make is um, based from um, a lot of amazing different vegetables, but the main ingredient is like a roasted eggplant. And so, um, yeah, so it's, it's, you can, you can have it super light, you can have it chunkier, you can have it kind of like spicy, flavorful, or, you know, like it's all different kinds of stuff. I love eating it with um, this rice make um, uh, noodles. It's like a little vermicelli noodles that they put in it. It's a, a super savory rice. That's a lot like, uh, uh, you know, like, like rice kind of thing, you know, a little bit kind of that wild rice, you know, texture. Mm, mm -hmm. That I love it, um, you know, with pita chips. I love it with um, a lot of different stuff. It sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And, and, and I think, you know, like that, that smoky roasted, you know, eggplant and it's eggplant is like such a power f food already anyways, you know, yeah, it's very versatile. Yeah. Exactly. And I love just, you know, like the texture of that, um, of all the different vegetables and, and salsa. And, and I always joke with Lang, it's like hiding goodness, you know, and he's <laughs> so good. He doesn't even know he's eating vegetables. It's like awesome. Oh, that's good. All right. Then that's the next yeah, plan. Yeah. I always forget that salsa is tomatoes. Because it's so good. So then Baba Ganoush would be very, that would probably give you that same yum. We're going to have to try some. Yes. We're going to go to, we're going to actually, we need to probably visit Market Provisions yeah. just so we can pick up some and then reach out to Genoa to see if maybe there are some volunteer options that we can go and maybe help out and then get a chance to sample the food too. Uh, yeah, well, so the ladies um, uh, go to this mosque um, over in Richardson, and their uh, the um, the temple actually the mosque actually actually you know asked us how they could help, and um, we said you know we'd love a commercial kitchen that we would be able to uh, cook in, and so they went and certified everything with the city of Richardson, and you know really like went through a whole hoopla and it's wonderful because we get to rent the kitchen at a much lower cost than a regular commercial kitchen. And um, so once things open back up more, we definitely want to, you know, have those opportunities, you know, to volunteer and, and things like that. But um, I, I made uh, Lang help me with a, a cookie order with um, some of the graduate uh, graduation parties that we've been having. Um, mm -hmm. in, um uh, the mamu cookies that I was telling you about um, was yeah. I did all these little um, uh, you know like swag like you know cute little packaging of like our story our origin story and also our break bread break border stickers and um, so he helped and like he helped me he sit down cut the story cards and cut the you know stickers and then put insert them in like these cool little like silverback packaging and stuff he helped me stuff like hundreds of them and oh, so good. <laughs> he just he just got accepted to um a national honors junior society and and you know so i was joking with him i was like these are volunteer hours these are called community service hours <laughs> oh wow congratulations to laying on that as well 
you're not just helping mommies. These are technically service hours. Yeah, that is. Well, he is. He's providing a service. So that's definitely true. But yes, please let us know when we can, when, you know, when it, it's available for volunteers to, to go in, because we would actually love to do that. That would be great. We would love to have you. Yeah. And because a lot of the ladies, um, um, have um have kids that 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 come and help and so we yeah we we are not uh, we're not above um child labor <laughs> <laughs> sounds good to me i grew up working at the restaurant you know ever since i was 13 so it was like you know like we, we i wasn't good at a lot of stuff i w- i'm still not good at cooking but you know but i'm really good at taking out the trash and so that's what i'll do you know yeah i mean all hands are are necessary oh for so sure i get it i get it <laughs> oh this has been such a great show right Trin? yeah it really has okay thank you again for joining us today we celebrate you miss wong you are truly an angel and we applaud you. Thank you for what you are doing. All right. And do you want to go ahead and close out the show? Yes. Thank you to all my listeners. We appreciate you. You can find me and reach out to me for comments or questions at it's Trinity's podcast at gmail.com at it's Trinity's podcast two on Instagram. It's Trinity's podcast on TikTok. And you can like and follow my Facebook page. It's Trinity's podcast. Have a great week. Have a great summer. Yes. (laughs) Thank you again, Miss Wong. We really, really appreciate you. And Break Bread, Break Borders. We will provide the information on Trinity's social media so that you can get more information about them as well. Everybody take good care. And I will be in touch very soon, okay? All right. Thanks, ladies. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Hello and welcome or welcome back to It's Trinity's Podcast. It's season two. And I'm 11. Oh yeah. So we ended season one, uh, what, a week before your 11th birthday? Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, if you guys already forgot, I'm Trinity. And I'm Alicia. And it is the end of summer. Um, Almost. It's kind of still summery. Well, yeah, but for In me, Texas. For me, it's the end of summer because I already started school. Yeah, you went one week in school and then... This you... week I'm going, I'm going online. Um, but this is a recap episode of what's been going on with us. Lots of things have happened this summer. Yeah. Well, a few things. Not a whole, whole lot, right? Yeah. So, let's start at my 11th birthday. All right. So, what did you do for your birthday? So, it wasn't a big party because, of course, there's COVID and we still want to be safe. I had two of my friends over for a sleepover. It was so fun. We started off, I think, at the pool, and then we ate pizza and it was a spa party so we did face masks makeup and then i hired somebody to come in and build really cool tents um and 
like they were beds, but there was like tents over them. Yeah, um, it was kind it of was like really a teepee. Cute. And then she provided all the items for the spa party. Uh, that was really. I'll um tag her in the post for the podcast so that everybody can can reach out to her and maybe I'll show some pictures of what that looked like because it was really cool and she did put in a lot of work. It was nice. Yeah, and then we did makeup and then we went to ZZ's, um, cause so ZZ's ice cream. Yeah, we interviewed them. Um, last season. season. One. Yeah. And so we went the we went to the cream puff. Yeah, truck. you had an ice cream puff, um, and with the cereal in it and yeah. how was it? It was so good. <laughs> but I'm kind of lactose intolerant, so you know what happened next. TMI. <laughs> Alright, so after the birthday um turning 11 what do we do next we didn't go on any trips this summer we're we don't travel a lot not too much when only when it's like only when like it's a special occasion or we just have family there yeah so you know covid's kind of put a dent in things because we wanted to go to san antonio this summer and And galveston we're i are we still going to Albuquerque? It's, it's still in question, so hopefully we'll still go because we want to check out the Balloon Fiesta. Yeah, because because Mom's from Albuquerque. Yeah, side note. And we did, in April, we did record one podcast in Atlanta. We went to Atlanta in April because our uncle passed. So that's yeah. the last vacation we had. Uh, yeah, I guess it kind of counts as a vacation. Because even though we were there for the funeral, um, we did get to go see some sites and stuff that... Um, we were going to go to Tyler Perry Studios, but we weren't allowed. And they were kind of hating. So, dear Tyler Perry Studios. We only took a picture of the shady. sign. <laughs> we only took a picture of the sign. Yeah. And there's people in front of this drive-in movie. Yeah, but those, those were probably people that had access we didn't have access and i really did try to flirt with the guy to let us in Ew. (laughs) anyways what else happened this summer um so after my birthday i guess in july was it i found out that i have scoliosis yeah 